Go. There we go. Good morning, Mr. Hussam Gavish. How are you? Morning, Simon. Very well, and you? A very warm welcome to episode two of This Is Qatar. And funnily enough, we had uh, a conversation probably about the turn of the year, maybe January, late January. Correct. Our office. And I said, Seems like a million years ago, Simon, when we met in offices. It does, it does. But I, I asked you if you would kindly, because I, I gave you uh, the synopsis that I was looking to start this. Yeah. And you said, yes, I'm all for it. Let's, let's get it going. And here we are. So first of all, thank you so much. You're um, welcome. And thank you for inviting me. I'm a little bit disappointing. I'm number two. Um, <laughs> our <laughs> pilot. There you go. You're the first client. Sure, sure. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, so as we as we talked about kind of offline, you know, this is an opportunity for, um, and as I've you know, guided on my social media, it's an opportunity to kind of give back to clients and contacts um, over the 12 years that I've been in, in Doha. And we were very fortuitous to um, work together. Um, we had a fantastic project together. Um, but we, uh, we obviously met, well, do you remember where we first met? The fortuitous meeting. Um, we met, we met at, by the Bouncy Castle at, um, at Doha English Speaking School, I recall. Is that, is that correct or did we meet before that? That was the first proper engagement, yes. But we briefly met handshake to handshake in Doha Tower when you were looking at the space. But yes, that was... Correct, correct, correct. True, true, true. Let, let's come back to that later, but true. That's right. Yes, yes it was uh, by the Bouncy Castle with our children at the infamous Des Winter Fair, I think it would be three years ago now. It must be, must be four, four, three, three years ago. Yeah, three years past December. Yeah, but it feels Correct. the Middle East, you've been in, in Qatar as long as I have. Two, uh, sorry, Middle East, sorry, in, since 2008? Been in- I've been in the Middle East in 2008, in Qatar um, since the end of 2014. Okay, okay. So time- I'm coming up to six years, time flies, exactly, exactly. Time flies. Um, we will touch on uh, on our business, but um, let's let's focus on uh, the individual first. Let's okay. focus around the individual. Um, COVID nineteen. It's obviously affected businesses. Um, it's obviously affected individuals. You know, um, we're working from environments remotely. We're using modern day technology. How has the lockdown itself affected you and your family, with the children being home and, and, and you working from home? Well, I think on a, on a personal, I mean, none of us, none of us were, I don't think just us, me, you, anyone uh, could have ever been prepared for, for what we are actually living um, through at the moment um, and, and, and the speed about, upon which this, is, this has happened. So I think like many others in Qatar and elsewhere in the world, we had to adjust and adjust very quickly. Um, uh, I'm a father of three children, um, uh, ages 14, 12 and 8, they go to school here in Qatar. I think we, we, we mentioned uh, a few seconds ago, Doha English Speaking School. That's where my daughter goes. And my two sons um, uh, go to Doha College, um, uh, both British curriculum uh, schools. Um, and it, they, it, it took us all by surprise. Um, but I have to say, um, and I'm not plugging the schools in any way, but the, both schools have, have reacted very, very quickly and very, very professionally. 
uh, in setting up the, um, uh, the distant learning, online learning for, for all three of them. Like many other schools in Qatar, and I'm sure many, all, all, many schools have done the same and have done a good job. But just uh, adjusting to studying at home, uh, waking up at, 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 at the same time they use, usually wake up to go to school, uh, but not go to school, uh, go to their desks and, 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 and link to, to the classroom and link to, to, their, to their teachers and start the learning process. And I have to say it's been, it's disruptive, but it's been done in the best possible way. So they, they actually log in, they, 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 they attend their classes at the same scheduled time. They engage with their teachers and their, 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 their classmates. They have set tasks, which they uh, submit at the end of each uh, lesson, and they go on to the next lesson. And, and it's, it's amazing, even, even when they have a PE class, they, they, they put on their trainers and, 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 and start exercising somewhere in the house where they can find some space or outside in the garden. It, it's remarkable. I mean, my generation, if you told me this could have happened when I went to school, I'd say this was the stuff of fantasies, you know. Um, and it's amazing what can be done now with, with technology. So from a personal point of view, the schooling has been great. Uh, it's as much as it can be. My wife also works, uh, works at the school where my daughter goes, um, and she's working from home, and uh, as am I. So uh, we're all learning to live with each other 24 seven. Sorry? Have enough room to get everything done. Enough room and uh, not get in each other's ways. Um, uh, and it's strange. I mean, I, I, I work long hours, uh, as I'm sure many people do. Um, and I leave home early in the morning and come back an hour or two before bedtime. So trying to have dinner, see what happened at school and put, you know, put everyone to bed. And suddenly we have all this, uh, all this time together. We're all reacquainting ourselves with each other. Um, which, which is great. I think there are positives uh, in this as well, but it's a new way of, of working. So yeah, um, on a, a personal level, it's been okay. Sorry? A bit of a reset. It's a bit of a, a, bit of a reset indeed. Um, but also finding, I mean, um, I, I've, I've managed to negotiate a corner in the living room where I've set up my office and my screen and my printer, but I do get kicked out um, uh, at meal times and, and dinner times. Um, the kids are at their, in their rooms uh, and my wife kind of hovers around finding different places to work and makes sure everything, no one is treading on her toes. This is her, her place uh, in normal circumstances and uh, everyone's now here. Although she does work full time at, at, at the school, as I said, but the, school, the house is her domain, if you see what I mean. But um, we're all learning to work with, with one another and live harmoniously. My as, as you know, I've, um, my children also attend uh, DES, and uh, my wife is a qualified teacher. So um, she's having to dust off the uh, barn. She's been at home with them, and uh, since this has happened, she's having to dust off the, the cobwebs of her teaching skills. Sure. And the children, if they're in the class, they have you know, 20 to 22 um, you know, colleagues and classmates. And uh, they don't get 100% of the attention, but for a solid three to four hours in the morning, my wife and the children are focused. And by the time I get home, they just look drained because yeah, all yeah, yeah. <laughs> has been on them and they haven't been able to have you know, playtime or you know, breakout time. Um, ask them, but they're doing very well. And I think my wife is in her element, uh, to be honest. I'm sure she would rather some, 
some time on her own with the children being in school. Yeah, yeah. I think it also depends on the ages. I think my elder two uh, boys are more independent. They do their work and they just get on with it. The younger one uh, who is in year three needs a little bit of help and, and, and time. So, I mean, I don't know how old, uh, I can't remember how old yours are, but if they're on the younger side of uh, primary school, they just need that more, uh, that bit more um, attention. I know lots of friends who have kids in years one and preschool and year two, they, they, they just need that more. And, and lots of parents are obviously not happy and complaining, but we are, and I hate to use the word uh, because it's been overused, but unprecedented, extraordinary, but it's all true. Uh, we've never gone through this. I don't think anyone alive today has gone through this before. Um, uh, so we need to be a bit more flexible and we need to be a bit more accepting and we have to work with, with the schools, we have to work with our clients, we have to work with um, um, the police and, and the authorities, the, the, the supermarkets. You know, this is not about uh, us. It's not about individuals and what they think and, and, and restrictions and all of that. I think there's, there's a bigger, bigger issue here. And without the flexibility, without the understanding, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to succeed. No, I agree. Um, Okay, let's let's move on to, to Hussam. We've, we've spoken a bit about Hussam, the personal. Let's talk a bit more about the professional. What, so six years in Qatar, what brought you to Qatar specifically? So um, I, am, I am a civil engineer by training. Um, I studied civil engineering in the UK and I did a master's degree and I joined a firm in the UK as a technical, a technical civil engineer, a bridge designer. That was the start of my career. Um, which then led me to, oh, I worked in, in London for, for a number of years and went with that company to uh, Bangladesh um, uh, and lived in, in Dhaka for the best part of five years where I was uh, supervising the construction of, of, of bridges funded by the, uh, by the uh, British government, the Department for International Development, uh, which is the equivalent of USAID or... or, or, or um, um, uh, the like, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, funding by the UK uh, across the world, basically. And this project was uh, funding the construction of, of narrow, narrow, narrow bridges in, 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 in wider highways in the western part of Bangladesh. I won't go into a lot of detail, but it's a, it was quite a fulfilling project from a, from a, from a, from a, a professional point of view. When I was in the UK, I was part of a, a bigger team always, uh, a designer, uh, a member of a bigger design team, and, and, and your, your work is often lost because you're just a small, uh, you're a small part of a bigger picture. But this particular project, with the funding that the UK has very generously given to, 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 to Bangladesh to build these bridges, I, we, we funded the, the reconstruction, let's say, of, of 36 bridges um, of various uh, lengths and um, the project itself um, was in the rural part of, of, of Western Bangladesh, communities where uh, there was a lot of poverty um, and, 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 and very little connectivity to the rest of the country. Uh, the, the, the roads themselves are widened through other projects, but every, every so often you come to a, a bottleneck uh, where there's a crossing across the very many um, um, across the the um, the many uh, rivers and, and streams in Bangladesh, which is a characteristic of 
of Bangladesh, and uh, you have highways that can take uh, you know two or four lanes all converging to a single lane uh, steel bridge, which was built um, in, in in the 50s and the 60s, and it, it caused you know not only traffic jams, but it was a it was a, a big health and safety um, uh, issue, uh, and bridges there are used by cars, by trucks, by buses, by by bull-driven carts, by rickshaws, by pedestrians, and it's a, it's a, it's it's truly a life, a life vein, a line artery from one part of the country to the other, and 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 that project meant uh, was dealt with the with the, with the replacement of these bridges by wider structures properly built, and it was uh, it it was why I was there, and in a nutshell, we worked with the the the, the Bangladeshi Ministry of. Uh, transport and the idea was that these bridges were going to be designed by 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 Bangladeshi consultants and widened and, and, and built by Bangladeshi contractors and we had overall uh, oversight of the delivery of that project so five years later we replaced the 36 bridges with properly built structures uh, concrete um, concrete bridges pre-stressed post-tension bridges with uh, the right width and they had um, um, pedestrian uh, lanes, uh, rickshaw, rickshaw lanes and, 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 and pavements for people to walk across. And it was really excellent. And, and the main thing was the knowledge transfer, the capacity building um, from uh, what we provided as British consultants to, to the community there. So that's, that's, where I, that's what I was doing in Bangladesh. And after that, I came to Dubai uh, in the UAE with the same company uh, to work on a, on a major infrastructure project there. Um, the Dubai Metro project. And at, at that point in my career is when I made the progression from uh, being a technical engineer to looking more into the contract and commercial and claims side of our, of our industry uh, in early, late 2007, early 2008. In between, I spent a few months in, in Saudi, but 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 that was really the point where I became more interested in in contract and commercial and and, consult, and, and claims consultancy, and spent in Dubai about eight years doing exactly that, um, and, and 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 really that's where I found my my biggest interest that um, in 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 this in in our, in our industry. So um, at the end of that period, um, a, a good friend of mine and an ex-colleague who had joined the company that I work for now, HKA, previously uh, part of Hill International, if you, if you know that um, firm, but Hill International had a, like a, a project management group and a, and, a, and a contracts and claims and dispute management group. So I, he joined that part of the, of the business and, and, and really brought me on um, uh, to, to, to join. But the idea was to join as a uh, country manager for Hill's contracts and claims uh, group in Qatar. Um, and, 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 and the idea immediately, you know, and sometimes you, 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 you immediately know it's the right opportunity and the right, uh, uh, the right um, uh, uh, job or the right, uh, um, um, uh, you know, opportunity to follow. And, and I immediately knew, yes, this was the one. A lot of people in the UAE at the time said, what, you're leaving Dubai to go to live in Qatar? You must be crazy and, you know, who would want to do that? And I'm sure lots of people who live in Qatar hearing this now can relate to that. 
but to me, it was never about, uh, you know, living in Dubai. Or I mean, I lived, as I said, five years in, in Bangladesh, in Dhaka. I wasn't, if I was after the glitz and glamour of, of, of life, I wouldn't have done that. But I can honestly tell you those five years in Bangladesh have been amongst the most fulfilling to me personally, uh, as in my career, the change it brought to these communities um, and the and the and and, and the, and the, the the joy and happiness and and and, and instant uh, 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 instant shift in economic fortunes of these communities in these parts of, of Bangladesh is why I studied civil engineering in the first place to to make a real change to communities and to people so you know it didn't bother me that i was leaving dubai uh, coming to qatar admittedly i visited qatar on many occasions prior and uh, you know with a young family like mine uh, and and the right career opportunity it, it didn't really that wasn't even on my radar at all so i came to qatar and i joined hill at the time hka obviously now as as, as country manager for the contracts and claims group and i tell you Ever since uh, then, I can I, I I look back and and say, wow, what 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 you know? It it was absolutely the right decision uh, to make. So I, I I did act in that capacity as country manager for for HKAs uh, uh, for HKA for those years from November 2014 until the early part of 2017 um, when. Um, uh, there was a change in the company and uh, the contracts and claims part of uh, and the dispute management part of Hill uh, was segregated from Hill and became uh, an independent uh, entity within Hill. And it was then bought by a, um, um, a, a, an independent firm in the UK um, and, and uh, hence the name change uh, from Hill contracts and, and claims to HKA, but we've retained our, we've retained our identity. Uh, we've uh, retained our offices across the world. Uh, we, uh, we have offices um, all, over, uh, all over the globe, um, 50 offices to be precise in 19, uh, in 19 um, 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 countries. Um, from the US, uh, South America, Europe, uh, Middle East, uh, Far East, um, um, in South Africa, we have an office and in Australia. Um, so it's a, it's a global company. We've retained all these offices. We've retained our professionals um, um, uh, because we're a people's business. We don't make, uh, uh, you know, we don't make uh, a soft drink or we don't sell uh, books or, 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 or pens. We sell people and people's expertise and, and, and we, re we retained all of that. So the, the, the transition has been uh, very smooth. It's been very successful. Um, our clients knew they were still retaining um, the expertise they were, they were, were, were used to. Um, so in, in that period, in, in 2017, when we became HKA and, 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 and independent from Hill, is, is, is when we met, really, uh, 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 Simon, because our office was shared with, with, with our previous company at the time, and we needed to find our own identity and our own, and our, uh, our own space, and hence coming to you to, um, to help us um, fit out our new office in, in, in Doha Tower. And maybe you want to talk a bit more about that in, in, in a minute, but that, that was the relationship. But it was at the time when we became HKA. Um, and uh, just to, to, to finish the progression, so in, in, in that also around that time, 
towards the end of 2017, I took up a new role with, with, uh, with HKA. Um, I've um, 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 become more of accepted uh, a new role as a regional um, uh, business development um, um, head for the Middle East and North Africa. Um, um, also around about, about the time I became uh, one of the um, uh, partners at HKA based here in, um, uh, in based in Qatar, a Middle East partner uh, amongst uh, other partners globally. Um, and it also, that change in, in role and in, um, uh, in designation happened around about the time we became uh, HKA. Um, and uh, we brought on um, a very capable uh, and very competent and, 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 and also uh, a veteran of Qatar uh, to, 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 lead, to head up our operations in, 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 in Qatar. At the time I moved into this new role, uh, a gentleman by the name of uh, Tom Kapapa, uh, who joined us around that time. So a lot of changes in that period, um, but I'm, 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 my role is now sort of more, uh, uh, more wider than, than, than just Qatar focused in, in this region and, and in North Africa. And, and so, yeah, so that's in summary, the progression of my, my career um, um, leading up to where I am now. We have an office in Qatar with about 25 resident professionals, but we have offices also in, in, in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, in, in, in Jeddah, in Riyadh, um, um, in Muscat. Transition over the 18, uh, first 18 months period where you're rebranding as an organization. I think the, the positive is that you have an existing client base where yep. you can preempt the communication to that client base, um, control the, the PR, the positive PR. But what do you think was the hardest part of that transition, ensuring that the reputation of your staff and the expertise was carried through to a name that was potentially not really well known to your client? To be honest, uh, Simon, uh, we were all worried about uh, precisely what you're saying. We were part of a, a, a very a globally known brand and, and, and we did worry about what the impact would be. But I have to say, and I'm not, I'm not just saying this because <laughs> to, to, to make it sound better than what it was, but honestly, there was no, there was no issue. There was nothing hard. I, I think there were some physical difficulties because as you know, we registering a business in, in, in this part of the world is not easy. Um, um, and, and, and we also, uh, in Qatar, we became uh, part of the Qatar Financial Center. We registered with the QFC here in Qatar and, 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 and the requirements are very stringent in order to meet the requirements. But likewise, in the UAE, in, in Saudi and elsewhere, to register a business is, is, is very challenging um, and to bring, to change, obviously we were all contracted with one company, the, 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 the HR side of it, the migrating all the contracts from one company to the other, um, all the issues relating to accounting and IT and, 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 and um, the, the residencies and, the permits and, and, and all of that, of course, that was challenging. Uh, and we needed a lot of help and it took a lot of time. Uh, but, but these are all, um, what do you call, physical type of issues that we had to overcome where we have sponsors, we needed to deal with that. Where with the QFC here in Qatar, we don't have a sponsor. We're, a, we're, a, we're an independent company here in, in, in Qatar through the QFC. And 
Um, if anyone you know knows anything about the QFC, they're a fantastic organization, really, to be a part of. They do a fantastic job um, uh, right through. We've, we've been very fortunate to become part of that uh, organization. So I would say these are the difficulties, but in terms of our work and our clients and our brands, it's been seamless. Uh, we had to migrate a lot of our contracts, of course, innovation of contracts from one entity to the other. But as I said before, we are a people centric business. We have experts who are the best at what they do anywhere in the world. Um, um, and, and our clients want to continue dealing with these uh, fantastic individuals. In Qatar, we have a team uh, of exceptional, exceptional um, uh, consultants at all levels who are all dedicated to this country, who all live here with their families. Uh, but across our business from from uh, from the western part of the United States to the furthest part of uh, the eastern part of Australia and in between, we have uh, second to none uh, experts who are uh, dedicated, who are competent, who are leaders in their um, uh, in, in in their fields, uh, and and this is why the the transition has been seamless and the branding has been seamless. We've done a lot of work, of course, behind the scenes to make sure that everyone is on board and, and also our 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 marketing has been carefully um, staged throughout the process to to give um, uh, snapshots of where we are in, in the process so it was never um, you know an on and off switch we it was a it was a gradual well uh, well marketed uh, uh, transition yeah, you've been able to control that and as I say 18 months Again, we spoke offline of, about how long both you and I have been in the, in the Middle East, and it, you know, time flies. So Eighteen months in the grand scheme of things is not, you know, is not a, a long time. Um, yeah. So what? I mean, I've been in, in interior construction for nearly twenty years, and coming to Qatar over you know, twelve years ago, I've seen a, a major shift both in interior construction and the contracts that are used, um, and the complexities that are required from my side. What, what changes have you seen over the past sort of five, or six, five or six years? And fundamentally, with, uh, there are a number of organizations uh, that are having to deal with very, very complex cases. What is it that makes HKA different? The expertise is obviously phenomenal, but what is it specifically you think that your clients um, uh, admire about you as a company? Well, I think first and foremost, we, have, we, are, we are the oldest globally. We are the oldest. Uh, consultancy firm that does what we do anywhere in the world. So no other consultancy has been around as long as we have in terms of providing contracts, commercial claims, dispute management and expert services, whether they're quantum experts, uh, experts or, or, or delay experts and engineering uh, expert uh, expertise uh, in our market. Uh, uh, forensic accounting and commercial damages. So we, we, are, we are the foremost company that provides this. That's number one, globally. In Qatar, we've been here uh, for more than uh, uh, 10 years. Um, in fact, longer than that, closer to 15 years, providing uh, this kind of service to clients. So we've been here. We are, we are known. Our, our clients know us. We're dedicated. We don't... Uh, we don't have a um, like a a front of a business where we fly people in and out from various uh, uh, other offices. No, we are Qatari. 
we are dedicated to this uh, country uh, 100%. And our clients appreciate that. They appreciate that uh, totally. Um, and, and being here for as long as we have um, means we know this market very well. We know the complexities of doing uh, construction work in this uh, market. We know the, uh, the different types of contracts um, and we know the different employers, contractors, consultants who deal, who, who work in this, um, who, who work in this, um, in this market. So we're, uh, we're, we're, we're experienced, not only do we have the expertise, but we also have the experience and the know-how to, to work in this, um, uh, in this market. And that, that is, you know, you go to a doctor and, and you like that doctor and you trust that doctor and you come back to that doctor. It's like you go to a hairdresser or, a, or I know we don't really go to hairdressers these days and not that I need one, but people like you uh, must be missing their, their hair uh, stylists and, 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 and barbershops and so on. But, but, but sorry. Let's not go there. <laughs> but, it, but it's a profession where you, you tend to go back to the person or the entity or the company that does that for you. And we're, we're very much like that. We don't want people to have uh, construction disputes. We don't really want people to have claims. But if, if you do have difficulties in executing your work, it's very good to know a company that knows how to help. And, and that's where we are. And more than 80% of our business, uh, Simon, um, and, and, and I can prove this to you if you want proof, is repeat business. Clients who come back to us time and again to say, we want you to help us here or there, or, or not just in Qatar. You did a really good job for us in Qatar. We have a problem in, uh, in, in Istanbul or in, 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 in Malaysia or somewhere, and we can connect with our Malaysia office or with our Beijing office or uh, Singapore office or, I don't know, Johannesburg. And, and, and that's the way we, we do it. So it's a combination of things. We've been here longer than anyone else. We have the experience in various locations. We have the global network of a large number of offices covering uh, the planet, really. And we can easily connect with everybody. So this is really what differentiates us from, from others. It's um, the fact that you've got that global network um, allows you to, to work with, uh, with global, other global entities. Uh, the hardest part of, of business, I feel, is obtaining the clients. Um, the easiest part is to lose them. You know, if you have those clients, you need to be able yes. to be them and offer that service and maintain that relationship. And having, having a company like yours, particularly in such a complex industry sector, such as construction, in quite a, a complex region of the world when it comes to that sector, um, you hear many, many stories. It's good to have an organization, a global reputation organization like yourself fighting in your corner. Um, and I, I would echo what you have said about that um, multi-nationality, multi-region reach um, that allows you to, um, to maintain that presence with your clients on a global, a global stage. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Simon. And, and not only are we global with, I said, 50 offices across the world in, 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 in so many countries, but also our, 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 our uh, makeup as a company, as an organization, is, is very diverse. Uh, we employ uh, people at all levels, uh, leadership and, and, and junior levels from all parts of, uh, back, from all backgrounds, uh, from all, um, 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 we are very, um, conscious um, about making sure we do represent 
the world in terms of who we are, what countries we come from, what backgrounds we come from. Uh, we have, uh, we're very focused on making sure that we are, uh, uh, um, you know, gender sensitive in terms of uh, our, our, our uh, service offering. Um, and, and this is very, very important to us. And you touched on, you know, you know, it, it, it's not, it's very easy to lose clients and hence, you know, and I'm sure many companies and, and I don't want to, I don't want to pretend we're the only ones who, who focus on quality. Uh, I, I know others do as well, but the, the issue of quality is, is, is our number one focus. We are, we live and we die by the quality of the documents we, we issue. And, and, and when we are doing a project, we, not, we know we put the right people there. Uh, to, to do it. We make sure there's the right um, interaction with our client. We need to understand what our client wants, but there's always a senior um, uh, uh, principal or partner who has oversight of, of, for the delivery of what we do. They get involved at the beginning to make sure people, um, you know, our, our team understands what, what needs to be delivered. And we don't wait for intervention at the end. We, we make sure that there's a intervention right from the beginning. Um, and, and we have a whole uh, section or department within our company called Delivery Excellence. Um, and, 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 and this is really tasked with making sure that we deliver excellent work and excellent, uh, excellent product. It's a group of very senior principals and partners who ensure uh, that um, our, our work is, uh, is, 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 is to the quality and to the expectation of our clients. And hence, clients come back to us again and again um, uh, to, to, to make sure we, we deliver the right product. Doing now. So you're, you're from a business development and growing HKA within the region. Um, I'm certainly finding this in probably the past 18 months about, and, and this, is, this is no disrespect to, to, to anyone that we have worked with in the past, but Clients, I find, such as yourself, need to understand, and clients of yours, we need to be very selective of the clients that we work with in the same way that our clients need to be as selective about who they work with to deliver the quality and excellence that we are offering. Yeah. And what I mean by that is, do you find that some of your clients don't appreciate the level of expertise and therefore the remuneration, the monetization that you are trying to um, to portray and, and obviously propose, you know, propose to them. Not every company can be can undercut and undercut. There is a, a value of exchange of of money, and sometimes you you get what well, you get what you pay for. Particularly in an industry such as yours, where your claims could be into the hundreds of millions of dollars, this is not a this is not a, a cheap uh, service that you offer. So, do you yeah. find that you have to be selective of the clients that you work with, no matter well, how they you? I'm glad you asked that, and I know this is something you grapple with yourself in your business. Um, 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 and, and just and just and just and just to just to make clear, when when we awarded you the contract to um, to 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 fit out our office, you were not the cheapest uh, we had, uh, and we knew that um, um, you weren't the most expensive, but you weren't the cheapest for sure. But immediately when we sat with you, we knew, we knew you knew what you were talking about. We knew you had the experience. You have done this, not just in Qatar, but in the building we, we were moving into. Uh, we invested a lot of money to, to be in an office that is, you know, arguably the most prestigious building in Qatar. Uh, and we weren't going to just uh, 
cut corners. Uh, we, we, uh, our CEO uh, has repeatedly and continues to uh, champion our image um, and, our, uh, and, and, and to make sure that we are uh, based in the right, uh, in the right uh, addresses, in the right locations, in the right offices, because we are, we are selling a very high quality uh, service and we need to be where, where this, um, uh, where this, where, where appropriate, really. So, you know, you're a case in an example, we were happy to, to pay that extra to make sure we, we, we get the right service. And we weren't disappointed. And I'm not saying this because I'm talking to you now, uh, Simon, we have a very uh, a fantastic office, the envy of anyone really who comes and, 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 and visits our office. Um, uh, lots of my colleagues in other, uh, in other offices are, are very jealous of, of, of our office and how good it is because we, we chose the right partner uh, for this uh, in yourself and your company. But to go back to your question, yes, it, it is always a problem. But to tell you the truth, uh, Simon, and I don't, I don't apologize for saying this, we, we will never compromise quality uh, for, um, um, uh, to get, you know, to, 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 we will never compromise quality to, to, to get a client that's not willing uh, to pay the right fee for our service. There are others in the market who do that, and I appreciate that. And in every industry, there are various levels of, of service. And we, uh, the clients that give us work time and again, our clients, our key clients, they know what we deliver, and, and they are happy to pay uh, uh, for that service. We're obviously always aiming to increase our portfolio of clients. We explain what we do, um, and we try to win clients who are able to um, uh, uh, pay what's right for the service we're, 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 we're offering. But there comes a point where these clients, we, we just accept that these clients are not our clients, they're not our type of clients, and they can get the service elsewhere, and, and really good luck to them. Um, I'm not saying others out there are not going to deliver, they may or may not deliver, but it's not really, we're not competing in that space, let me put it that way. Matching up, and, and a large part of that is setting the client expectations at the very, very beginning, and yeah. I'll probably be detrimental to myself here, but sometimes I haven't done that. Sometimes it's very difficult. I mean, one of my sort of initial questions regarding what we worked on together was, you know, in an industry where you are, to an extent, you're involved in construction, but interior construction, a lot of people feel it's similar. It's absolutely not. It's completely different from a main contracting perspective of the building of Doha Tower to the actual um, refurbishment of a Cat A office. What was the hardest part of the project that you found, or what was the most interesting um, uh, element of the process that we went through over that sort of six-month period? To, to be honest, uh, 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 Simon, personally, I've never been involved in a fit-out uh, before. It was a learning experience for me as well. But uh, we, we, I think the actual physical side of it was very, because we agreed everything at the beginning, we had a proper design and a, pop, a proper um, a plan. I think your, your team did a fantastic job in, in progress and it finished on time. There were no delays. I think we, 
I don't mind me saying we were, we kept our side of the bargain in terms of payments and 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 making sure you, you you we weren't late in that. So that side of things was 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 perfect almost. The difficult part, um, and I think a lot of people hearing this now was was the approvals from authorities, uh, the QCDD approvals, and uh, we all, you you warned us we all, we know, because we are in this industry we know about that, but still it, it was. Uh, very complex, very difficult uh, to get all that done. And, and that really was the stumbling block. Um, but in the end, it, sorry, the hardest part, just, just the process and knowing what to do and what to submit and, and, and the inspections and so on. But again, that QCDD uh, element in Qatar is there for a reason. And, 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 and I wasn't here when the horrific uh, fire that happened in, in, in Villaggio. You might have been, Simon, but I wasn't. But of course, I read about it uh, that uh, that took away the lives of um, many young 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 children and, and destroyed a lot of families. I wasn't here, and 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 and. But it is one of the most tragic episodes in 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 in, in, in recent Qatari uh, history, I think. Um, and after that, there were uh, Qatar needed to to do something about it, and they did, and, and it is tedious, and it causes problems, it, but it's, all, uh, it's there for a very good reason. I think the process could be improved as we go along. Uh, and in the end, we got there, uh, Simon, as you know, um, and we're in our office, we're, we're now... Consistency. The process is, is so online driven now, but the paperwork that is required, irrespective of whether it's an Arabic piece or an English piece, uh, or whether the drawings are there, um, we're working very, very hard, and this is part of my, let's say, personal development. Um, working with people like yourself, um, working with um, uh, engineers to try and develop a system that's going to simplify um, the data, yeah. simplify where we can access that data, because it's very, very difficult and complex. If the data is not well managed from the source, i.e. property manager, facilities manager, or landlord, then it's very difficult for the, the tenants um, uh, and the, the stakeholders to complete their process. So no matter what we do from our side, the compliance will always be there because the consultant will ensure that. The consultant will sign it off. But if you can't get the piece of paper, then it doesn't matter about the compliance. You're working in a safe environment. Yeah. The paper isn't there. It has such a knock-on effect to QFC licenses, trade licenses, labor quotas, visas, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think a lot of people realize this. And it's, it's a, it is a huge frustration of mine, and it has been for many, many years. Yeah. Um, I remember doing, uh, almost 12 years ago, some Vodafone retail stores in the back of beyond. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to be awarded the, the, the malls where all the paperwork was in place. I had Ferruzia. Um, I had Musharib, uh, which is no longer there, uh, now that uh, downtown Musharib is built. I had industrial area, and the paperwork was non-existent. Yeah, and yeah. They were, they were built to compliance, but how the paperwork went through is beyond me. And I remember bumping into a gentleman in the, the tower that I was in, where he said, my office was built three years ago by a Dubai-based contractor, which I found very surprising. Um, I bid for it, didn't get awarded it. I went to, to do a site survey and no compliance was there whatsoever. The sprinklers were higher than the air conditioning ducts. Um, there was no emergency lighting, various yeah. 
questions, basic things like this. Fast forward to about a month, maybe six weeks later, after I'd given him a quotation to basically bring it up to standard, which wasn't a huge amount of money in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. He used to obtain his paperwork through other means. And I, I was not um, shy in telling him what I thought. Because yeah. people, <laughs> you know me well enough now. <laughs> people who are, people have a duty as business owners or business stakeholders to follow the process and obtain the paperwork the right way, but ensure, I'd rather they didn't obtain the paperwork, but make sure the compliance was there to protect their staff and their well-being. And even yeah. more in retail environments where you've got public sectors, and that's a, a huge a huge challenge that we find within our organization where yep. we're not necessarily penalized, but we're held to account for something that we have no control. Yep. So yes, we were as, as frustrated as you were, because I think it took about five attempts to yep. do the, and it was a manual upload with our team. But eventually we got there, but it didn't hinder the moving in of... No, your... not at all. Not at all. Um, it, it didn't. Um, I think your team was instrumental in helping us. Uh, but you also, you know what I, what I also like about our experience together, um, Simon, is you weren't all high and mighty about it. And, you know, this is my responsibility or your responsibility. We signed up to this, you signed up to that. We put all that to one side and we just tried, you said, look, you know, how can we jointly do this? And, and our own staff and our own uh, public relations officer worked with your team uh, to get it done. We, 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 we shared our knowledge and our expertise and we didn't really worry about who, who, whose role it was to do it. Uh, and we got it done. Um, and I think this, this was very... matter who was responsible for... It was very refreshing for me. And in the end, we got it done. And we maintained the relationship. And we had niggling, you know, issues, one thing here or there afterwards. And you were kind enough to send your people. And, and you didn't send the bill afterwards to say, well, this is extra. And, uh, and, no, I, 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 really, I really thought it was... If I did. <laughs> Sorry? And you wouldn't be doing this if I did. No, no, I, no, I, I, but, but, but I think this came after that. Uh, we didn't know this would happen. But, uh, you know, this is what business is all about, I think. Um, um, I'm very much, I, I believe in uh, relationships uh, uh, to a very large extent. And, um, you, know, you know, if anyone out there is, is listening and, and they need to fit out an office, here's your man. And this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hesitate in saying that because the experience has been great. And we're doing this because we had a good relationship. Um, even, even when we met at the, sorry? An opportunity for us to give back because of your, your kind words. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Simon, a lot. And this is a really good idea. We don't have, I've worked with various companies and done three or four offices over the year. Um, I'd love to have 20 of me and be doing 20 of your offices globally, but we all know that that's not feasible. However, we'll come on to one of our final points in a moment about how it's changing uh, the yeah. global activity of offices, which is pretty much what we're doing right now through yeah. modern technology. Um, yeah. I mean, how do you think that's going to impact when, and it is, it is going to be when, we're just not sure how long, when things go back to what we are used to with face-to-face um, -face meetings or the opportunity to have face-to-face -face meetings, A, do you think that's going to um, return to as close as normal as possible on a local basis, as in we could have done this face-to-face -face around a table? Um, 
do you think that will return to normal? And globally, surely the, walls, uh, the world is going to get much, much smaller. So your yep. meeting on a regional basis can happen without you having to fly initially, unless necessary to obviously close a client. You're not going to have to fly to Northern Africa or to other parts of the GCC as often. How do yep. you think that HKA's approach as a global company, how will it change your role going yep. forward? Okay, well, um, I think as, I, as we said earlier, um, you know, this was just was um, uh, set upon us without any, any, any prior uh, plans. Um, we, we, like you, like many other businesses in Qatar and, and elsewhere, we've adjusted to this um, um, uh, way of working. We're all, uh, we, we've, I have to say that in our company, we were immediately, uh, we, we, we were immediate in setting up what we call a crisis management team. Uh, that, that, that came on board, A, to continually inform our people about the developments in the region, uh, in, um, about, about the, 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 the spread of this disease in, in, the country and in, in the country and in the region and what we need to do. So the communication was great. Uh, about, uh, you know, keeping safe and what you need to do and, um, and how to work and work from home. Initially, we were working from the offices, then we reduced our presence in the office, eventually uh, to working uh, fully uh, from home. So that was very important. But also, simultaneously, the way our business has been run uh, from being an office-based business to a, a virtual or a, a remote business, our IT and the setup of, 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 our, uh, of our teams and our people in the region and globally has been very quick and very efficient to the extent that we haven't, you know, we've, on, on the whole, largely, we've, we've continued to work unaffected um, um, uh, by connecting not only with ourselves, but with our clients, but because many of our clients are also doing this. There are one or two examples where uh, we were sort of site-based and, and, and there was still a requirement to have every now, every, every now and then a, a, a meeting or, or, or going to site and so on, uh, which is happening, but happening very uh, only when, when absolutely necessary, but also by observing all the, the, you know, the social distancing and all the right things uh, that we're all uh, following. So the, we, we're, doing, we're doing well uh, in, in terms of delivering our business. Now, when this is all over, there has to be a way, there, there must be a change in what we used to think was the only way uh, to do business. Do we need to be, uh, does everyone, do 100% of our people need to be in the office 100% of the time? The answer to that is probably no. Uh, I think we'll have to rethink that. There is a, a very good argument to say uh, uh, we, we don't need to be there all the time. But again, it depends on who's, who's doing what in the company. People like me who are business development minded or, or focused, uh, the face-to-face -face meeting, the traveling, the meeting clients, I think is still important, uh, but maybe not to the extent that was happening before. There are other functions that can be done maybe 50% uh, or 60% or 70% from home. Um, so th th we are already looking at models and various ways of, of, of running our business globally post COVID-19 and, and, and whether or not we need to do what we've, uh, what we've always done. So sometimes there is always, uh, everything happens for, you know, the benefit of any situation needs to be taken into account. And, and the benefits of what we're doing now and how we can improve the way we become more efficient uh, is, is certainly being looked at. But 
to answer your question briefly, are we going to go back to exactly doing what we're doing? I, 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 I doubt it. I doubt right. it. And I would, it wouldn't be the smart way of working. I don't think it will be the end of the corporate office. I think you're still going to have to have that face-to-face -face interaction. As you said, yep. there are in the business that cannot survive on a remote basis. Technology will be a large factor of that. But I do think that it will change the design. I was listening to a, a, another podcast um, of some uh, high-profile Middle East designers who were discussing exactly what those or what their thoughts were on the changes to the office. And I think the collaboration uh, spaces, the uh, the hot desking spaces, yeah. uh, the size of the office um, also, uh, well, I think will will reduce. Um, yeah. I don't think any longer are you going to have thousands and thousands of square meters. That's going to have a huge impact, particularly in Qatar, I think, um, on the amount of SMEs um, that are working in uh, their own offices. I think they'll find that you know the, the collaboration spaces, the, the um, you know these establishments that have um, remote working facilities that are available. You'll have the um, the business centres will obviously get you know probably busier. Um, as sure. that basis. Yeah, and and I also think Simon, people shouldn't. Uh, I mean, I I need to be very clear. When we say we don't need to work all the time from the office uh, moving forward, in no way am I suggesting that you know, the actual workforce needs to be reduced. Absolutely not. Um, I think uh, um, our people and the people who are working for other businesses, I think the requirement is, is still 100% there. The question is, do they all need to be in the office at the same time? And I think the answer, the answer, the answer is no. And, and there are a lot of benefits. I'm not an expert at this, but I can see the benefit of telling people, let's say, you know, 20, 30% of your time you work at home. The benefit of being at home, being with the family, being with the kids, helping here or there, you know, doing the odd um, um, uh, task at home, helping out with, 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 with schoolwork while you're doing your work. The benefit that brings to you and, 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 and the impact that has on your, 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 uh, your, your job satisfaction, you know, your, your, uh, your um, uh, happiness, you know, your, sati your, 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 your uh, contentment, you know, for having some input elsewhere, the less pressure of going to the office, more doing other things, that undoubtedly will have a positive reflection and an effect on your, on, your, on your productivity and your, and your ability to do work. Are you not you, finding that now? Are you not sorry? finding has, my productivity has gone through the roof? And also yeah, yeah. I, I, I am. And, and that's why I'm saying people must benefit. You know, there's a, there's a huge benefit that this brings, you know, being, being able to, um, to have input at home um, as well as doing work when, when you don't have to be nine to five or, or eight to six or whatever in, in the office. There's bound to be a benefit from that. Agreed. Hussam, I think I'm going to I'm going to wrap things up there. I think Sorry for going on for longer than, than planned, uh, uh, Simon. I certainly don't think you, you need to do that to, to the listeners. I think it's been a great insight into both you as an individual, um, time in Qatar, and HKA. Um, yep. I thank you very much for your kind words and for participating. And uh, we'll get this show out to, uh, to some listeners at some point this week. Um, I just want to... 
I just want to end by saying, Simon, we're all, you know, um, we all we all live in this country. And, and um, you know, you said earlier at the very beginning, you know, the negative, uh, you know, people, people even told me, oh, you're going to Qatar, blah, blah, blah. Uh, honestly, um, we're all very fortunate to be living in, 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 in this country. Um, and um, uh, the way uh, things are run here is, is fantastic. We're expats of all shapes and sizes and, and, and backgrounds, yet we live very harmoniously here. Uh, the authorities, even in dealing with this pandemic, the authorities have done a, a great job. The communication has been great. The transparency has been great. Um, we're all free, really, to do what we want to do within the bounds of the law, which is very flexible. And, and, and we're very fortunate to be here um, uh, as opposed to many other places. And we, 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 are, we are happy to support Qatar. And I'm sure this podcast one of its uh, objectives is, is, is that, and, and you know, the, the name of it, I think it's called This is Qatar, is, 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 is reflective of, of, of that. And um, no, I just felt, you know, it's important to say that. And, and, my, and, my mother, and along with that. My mother, well, she never likes it when I say I'm going home to uh, take <laughs> over 12 years. That, that's exactly it. It is a way of um, uh, probably giving an alternative uh, to the to the to the truth because we are we have boots on the ground. You know, again, one of my frustrations is the the negative media, and I'm not saying that everything is perfect, but you know, from from our respective countries, you know, nothing is perfect in the world. If it was, we would all be living in uh, in harmony, sure. which is sure. so. I find it very disrespectful that uh, and, and it's modern day media that they pick on um a, a nation like like qatar but never put things into into context and a large part of the reason is as i say to to give things back to um clients and, and individuals that have supported me in my business as well as give something back to to qatar and the strap line for the podcast is which we're going to end on is this is our home this is indeed qatar. indeed, indeed. To Sam Gawish. um we Sam. will get this out on podcast and we will see you all next week with a new episode thank you very much enjoy your day Thank you, Simon. Take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.